This week on the Solid State Podcast, we're trying something a little bit different, while shockingly still the same. See, we realize very intentionally, this show covers a lot of ground. From big tech to tiny brands you've never heard of, game-changing gadgets to video game controllers, it's all over the map. And much of the time, those stories are relatively one and done. Samsung announces a new phone, and people buy it. Canon refreshes a camera, and it's shockingly similar to the last one. The tech giants unleash AI on the world in, well, Cylons are born. And so the cycle continues. Every so often, though, it's not quite that simple. We'd love to truly predict the future, but what fun would that really be? So when a company actually surprises us and goes another direction, or a product undersells but overdelivers, or sadly sometimes the other way around, the story isn't over just yet. Here we are then, with a new episode format that we hope you'll like, or at least tolerate, and that we mostly solemnly swear to not overuse. The idea of doubling back, checking in, and bringing full circle to topics we've touched on already, but turned out to need a second look. To kick things off then, this week we're checking in with Eric on an update on his ongoing journey with the FreeWrite family of distraction-free typing products. We closed the loop on last week's Xbox business update announcements. Fuji finally updates its unexpected bombshell of a camera with the X100 series, and round things out with the latest from Power World and how, somehow, they've managed to remain to date unsued. So let's find out where these products and announcements really landed. Buckle up, hang on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are here with, I, I mean, I guess it's technically a new episode format that we're going to play with. I, I can see us doing these more often because, I mean, my gosh, if you're listening to this, you realize for whatever reason, we're just not stopping with this nonsense and we're just keeping <laughs> yeah. right on going. Um, you know, what, what are we, 70 some episodes in yeah. at this point? So, um, with that, we tend to, I mean, we tend to say a lot of things. <laughs> That's kind of the point. <laughs> Why do we? For, for better, or for worse, we say a lot of things, but sometimes those things are right. Sometimes those things are wrong. Sometimes those things are so ruinously off the planet they deserve to be science fiction. So what we were talking about earlier this week was maybe just maybe for continuity's sake, it makes sense to bring it back sometimes and touch on the things. We're going to try not to go into ancient history. You hear us do that enough where it's like, hey, remember we mentioned that on the show a year and a half ago? Um, so we're going to try real hard not to circle back that far. But uh, this week we are bringing it full circle, as it were, back to some of our recent to recent-ish topics that have either developed, evolved, changed, or boy howdy, were we just patently wrong. So uh, you know, we we love to own those things here on the show because, frankly, that's that's a big component of what, of what makes this space so much fun because there's so much conjecture, and I really don't think there's. I I may be self-forgiving already, but I don't think there's a whole lot of stigma that comes with that wrongness because I of course have, have been a fan of the space my entire life and follow a lot of like extremely reputable, very, very well sourced people that do this for an honest to God living 80 hours a week. And they're wrong sometimes too. So yeah, I don't it's very feel much bad like, about it's very much like predicting the weather, right? It's okay to be right. wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they get they get paid to be wrong fifty one percent of the time. Sure. Um, anyway, I know. So we we've got a we've got a lineup of topics this week where we're going to kind of breeze our way through different things we've talked about on the show 
call it within the last four to eight weeks, I think most of them have fallen. You know, we're trying not to go back to ancient history and be like, hey, remember that thing that's now three generations different now? Because what's the point? Mm. Um, so with no further ado, Eric, because I, I know we settled on some things. I don't know if we ever settled on an order. So I'm just kind of kind of sure. poke us, you, you know, prod it. us through this whole thing. Um, I'm actually really excited to start with this first one because I will. I think I may have teed it up this way when we talked about the original incarnation of this topic. We talk about gadgets. And, huh, if, dear listener, if you think we talk about gadgets a lot on this show, <laughs> if you were only subjected to what went on the other 39 hours of the week-ish, um, it's it, it gets pretty deep around here. But I don't know if I've ever heard Eric talk as passionately about a single gadget or what that gadget's at least supposed to allow him to do. Then uh, you remember a few weeks ago, he talked about the free write alpha. And that was one of the first things I wanted to come full circle back to relatively quickly, because in just the few weeks since we talked about it, you've been on kind of a journey, good, bad, and middle with with (laughs) that brand and the product. So with that, go for it. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, very excited about it. I've, you know, we talked about it before. I've always wanted to write a novel and and this helped me with my workflow to kind of get focused and because it is touted as distraction-free writing, there's no pop-ups, there's no nothing. You can take it outside in the middle of the woods and write if you want to, whatever you want to do. So, um, as long as you charged it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In getting, in getting the original device out of the box, uh, the display is almost unreadable. Um, it, they did something with the font on this LCD screen because the LCD screens are new to them. And it was almost like, like the text was shadowed. Like it had another layer of a few pixels off. So it was like your, like your eyes were blurry when you looked at it. The minute you did the firmware update, because they did a day and date release firmware update, the minute you did that, it fixed it. So like they knew they'd shipped it with like a bad font in there or something. So they fixed that right away. So I was happy. I was like, okay, they're supporting this device. This is great. Um, so I went into, you know, typing, I, I got going on my manuscript that I'm working on and I was able to get in about 10,000 words on the device and, um, got to the point where I realized that it was not for me. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed the device. I enjoyed what it was doing for my workflow and all that kind of stuff, but it was, um, the form factor, it's very flat. It's, um, you know. A quarter of an inch thick um it's like a it's like a laptop platform without mm-hmm. the screen you know you've got it props up at an angle and uh it's got a little tiny lcd screen on it and then other than that it's just a keyboard with like a palm rest on hmm. there and it and the keys are relatively clicky but they're very much like laptop keys they're flat chiclet keys like a laptop right um so typing away on that it was fine I, it was working for me um but i realized during that, that what I really wanted to get was the, the smart typewriter, the big boy, um, the expensive okay. one. Yeah. I was going to say, let's call it um, what it is. Same you one, just quote the unquote, next the yeah. good one. The good okay. one. Yeah. Okay. So it, it has, you know, a full keyboard, like an old school mechanical keyboard on it. And it has right. an e-ink display that is about the size of a paperback book. Um, okay. Like a, like a third of a page, a half a page, about a half a page of, of paperback text so it all, it looks like it'll look when you're reading it on your kindle when you're typing it which is kind of nice um, i was worried about uh, refresh rates on there uh, but it didn't end up being a problem um, right. so i got to type i i decided okay i'm going to return I, I reached out to them and i said can i exchange this 
And they were like, we don't do exchanges. You have to send yeah. it back. Send it back. And order a new one. So I uh, sent it back. Yeah. I ordered the new one. I did like a four pay thing. So I didn't have to do the whole outlie all at once. Um, I was, I got it in and I went on their website to order it. Like I did the alpha mm-hmm. and they wanted $30 shipping. So I was like, I, I'm not going to do that. Um, after paying what I did for the device, I looked on Amazon. They had a store on Amazon their Astro Haas store or whatever. The, the first it's party like, manufacturer o- has official an Amazon store. Manufacturer yeah. store. It's not yeah. coming from some, you know, Joe's Electronics. It was coming from them. Right. Um, so, and it was two-day free shipping. So I was able to send my device back, order order that device on Friday, send my device back on Saturday, and get the new one on Sunday. So I never missed a beat writing. Right. Um, I had ordered the. Is it set that stage? You've been in a flow now for weeks. I mean, that's really you know to the device's credit itself. Yeah, Yeah. that it's been doing the thing. It has so so definitely has been successful. So I was able to just keep on going, and I had ordered the extended warranty um, with the original Alpha device. So I reached out to them on the website and or through their email, and I said, "Hey, can you take because it's the same price? Can you take the two year?" extended warranty that I got and apply it to the smart typewriter instead of the alpha. They replied back right away. Yeah, no problem. We'll take care of that. So, um, I had them go, they were like, okay, we're going to apply it. So, um, I, they were like, just give us your order number. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I sent them the order number and then she replied back the next day and she's like, this isn't, this isn't our order number. It looks like this is from Amazon. You can't <laughs> apply your, we can't apply a, a, a warranty to an Amazon order. It has to be from oh, our wow. website. And I was like, but it's yeah. your store. Yeah. On Amazon. <laughs> you can't. And she's like, I'm sorry. We're just not able to do that. And I'm like, able, uh, you don't want to do that. And yeah. I don't know why. So anyway, right. I have the device and it doesn't have the extended warranty. So I sure hope that it continues to work past the 90 days that it's covered for. Um, that, so no, maybe I missed that. 90 days is 90 the, day like, warranty is the, is the warranty from, from them out of the box. So I did some research on the company. Um, the devices are very robust. They're built to last. It is essentially right. a keyboard connected to Fair their enough. version of a raspberry Pi and an e-ink screen. So it's pretty, and a lithium ion battery. It's mm-hmm. relatively simple. Um, they charge the prices that they do because they are a small company. Right. Like to put it yeah. in perspective, they had a massive Kickstarter for this alpha absolutely massive kickstarter for this recent alpha that i bought not the smart typewriter was also you know there they made they made almost almost a million dollars on kickstarter six hundred thousand something and change for the alpha which is great it it was 1500 devices wow their audience is very niche this is not a giant company so to make money to continue to support these devices they have to charge more for them you can't, you know, it's a supply and demand thing. They have to, you pay more for it because they have to make their margin on every single sale because they're not going to do it at scale. Basically. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's great. It works for my, my flow and I'm just, I'm going to have to cross my fingers and hope that it, that it's a long lasting device and that I don't, you know, I'm not out 600 plus dollars. Well, and, I, and I didn't even intend originally to go down this tiny side rabbit hole, which you guys are used to it at this point. I, cause it's, it's, t- it's, it's topical for other stuff that, and it was, again, it was not originally part of today's episode, but there's, there's a lot 
there's been activity for over a year now, but very recently more activity going on around a lot of the right to repair mm -hmm. conversations. Yes. Yeah. And to your point, with the device being as, and I mean this in a positive way, as simplistic as it is, heaven forbid if, I'm not going to say day 91, let's sure. say day 301, you yeah. start to have just, you know, some issues, issues with it. Um I would I think, to touch on, it, let me circle back on that when you're done. Yeah, I, I would think it would be relatively straightforward to repair. I mean, it's a keyboard. We've all repaired yeah. keyboard keys and membranes and switches before. Yeah. Um, I would even think, considering it's effectively a, a forked Raspberry Pi, that even if it's not under warranty, they'd be able to sell you or provide you parts to crack it open and replace yeah. a board or things I mean, like I've, that. One would think. I've read things that like they wanted a lot for a repair. Like I'm Got assuming it. that if if it's the actual like PCB for the um, right for the brains, I think it's expensive yeah. because it's proprietary. It is not actually a Raspberry Pi. It's a proprietary it. thing that they that they, because they're programming for it. But it's Raspberry Pi like it's right. a it's a single yeah. board computer kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but well, the thing I wanted to touch on was with the Alpha. The other reason, the main reason that I returned it. Um, yep. You know, not just the you know because I, I was going well. You know, the flow was working. But the main reason I returned it was the minute I got over a thousand words in my draft. Right. It slowed to a crawl. Um, I would type and it wouldn't. And, and I, you know, when I'm flowing, I'm typing, but I'm not going 150 right. words a minute. You know what I right. mean? Like I'm just tapping along um, and it would jumble a bunch of the words and letters together. So yep. like I wouldn't get the spaces that I was trying to get. So then I would backspace back. And when I backspaced back and then started to type again, like it would still wouldn't catch up like it would hang and then all the text would come out and it would be messed up so i'd have to give it a minute and then like backspace it out and then i could yep. start typing again and get back into a flow and it would work for a while until it seized up again and you know most of my chapters have been between 2500 and 3500 words like somewhere around there but yep. you know the minute i got over a thousand on a draft it just started to really slow down and that's and that's likely a firmware issue that's yeah, probably some optimization right. that they're going to end up doing because it's they do memory properly right. or something like that yeah. there is none of that on the smart typewriter and i mean it is it is almost double the price but it's it's also like an it's an e-ink screen those notoriously don't have great refresh rates no, they do and not. it's still it still works well the only problem that you ever have with that is when you're you can because it's just a keyboard, there's no mouse on the screen. So if you need to go back to like, you want to change spelling real quick because it's bugging you on a word or right. something like that and you don't want to change it later, you you can go back to that word. You press the new key on there. There's like a, a key that says new and then you use the, you know, the WASD keys for your arrow keys and you can move your cursor okay. around. Mm. When you do that, that little cursor, it feels like the refresh rate's real bad on that only. It's like moving everything else is fine, but that specifically has like a slower refresh rate, which basically, you know, they'll tell you right on some of the YouTube videos I watched from the guy who started the company. He's like, just don't do that. Fix it later. Right. Like the whole point of this device mm. is to flow. Like write and 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 then not come back and edit on, like on another edits. device. Yeah. Like the whole purpose of this device is just to draft. Get it out of your head. Yep, yep. exactly. So it it works and I enjoy it and I'm really, really, really enjoying the typing experience on the new one and I better for what I'm paying for it. So fair. <laughs> I, I, and, and this is not meant to poke fun, but it's more meant to, you know, continue to make the point yeah. of, you know, the custom PCB they're working with. They're a, you know, you know, smaller, you know, custom shop as it yep. were. Um, Something else, you, a little anecdote you had mentioned is about what you and I surmise is perhaps 
a flaw in the PCB design and specifically yeah. oh, how yes. the USB and the power yep. lanes are set up. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. So when I was first setting up the device, um, I plugged it into charge out of the box, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like, I want to make sure this device is charging. So I plugged it in out of the box and then it has switches on it. Um, one side is ABC for different folders. So you can have like three right. different drafts going. And then on the other side, there's a hard switch that is Wi-Fi, and it's off, on, and new. So if you pop it over to new, it brings you right into the Wi-Fi screen so you can connect to the Wi-Fi yep, yeah. that it's seen. It's, you know, and then they, they want it to be real tactile and everything and I get it. It's fine. So I clicked it over to there, saw my Wi-Fi and it's like, it's all, since it's all keyboard, it's like press one for this Wi-Fi, you know, <laughs> two for this one. So I press yeah. one and then yep. it brings in so you can type the password and I start typing the password and I type like the first letter, fine. Second letter, fine. Hit a capital, you know, shift and hit the next letter and like eight characters come up. <laughs> and I was like, what was that? So I hit backspace, three more characters came up. I kept oh, hitting no. backspace and it would erase two and put six on and erase six and then put one on. And then, so it took me like a half hour to type my, my password in for the Wi-Fi, And then it didn't even accept it because it was, something uh, was wrong. Right. There. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? So I was like, I'm going to return this piece of crap and it's not working. And I'll, and then I unplugged the USB-C cord from the back of it and it's fine. Interesting. It's yeah. only when it's plugged into power that it has the problem. And it's some, it's gotta be something on the PCB that crosses yeah. over to the keyboard PCB. And it's like, it's taking key like presses a power lane, yeah. data lane, some, something yeah. with that, or just straight up a firmware problem. We, when it, it triggers from yep. battery to charging state, yep. but, something about the human interface uh, input is not. And it right. is, and it is across all firmware because I, it came right. with firmware one five, 1 1.5 yep. and I upgraded. It was like two, it went to one six and then it went to two Oh and it was across all of the firmwares. It still it still happens if I plug it in now with the 2.0 firmware, so which is the most recent one. So I mean, it is you know again they're a tiny company. I think they have two and a half programmers is what they say. So they've got like right. two two pro full timers and a part timer. They, I think they have one person on the customer support because I got the same person oh, every yeah. time I've reached out to them. And then there's like a couple of executives, and I think that's the entire company. So and you know. And then they work with a manufacturer and distributor and stuff for the actual stuff. But, you know, I think that's the whole company. So anyway, that's that we went long on that, but I, I, I enjoy the device, but it's, no, and I, I want to bookend it with one final question, which is, you know, we've talked about it's doing the thing. Uh -huh. How is it doing for what you bought it for? How is your writing yeah, going? It's fantastic. I am just this morning, I finished out another thousand words and it puts me within grasping distance i've got like one or two more chapters to go and i will be at the halfway point word wise for yeah that's travel. awesome so yeah very very cool. great so yeah I'm, I'm excited about it all right well keeping us plowing forward the next yeah. thing um I'll, I'll take point on the next one because again bringing it full circle because <laughs> i i certainly led the charge on this one um you might remember um if your memory's that short. Um, last week, we talked quite extensively on what was Microsoft's upcoming event later that same day going mm -hmm. to what was this business update they were calling the world's attention to and what did it actually mean? Was it the end of the Xbox as we know it, which obviously dominated our thoughts because it's a that's the even that that even being part of the potential conversation is it, it's shaking to us. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. we talk, I'm not going to re-pontificate this, but that's, that would be loss. That would be something that we love no longer being there. And uh, for all the 
potential business cases for it, it would still not be great. And the good news is, in so much as we can take it that way, based on the words, again, there's no product to back this up yet, but the words that came from Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond and the like is that um, Xbox certainly isn't going anywhere as a brand. Um, It seems that Xbox is not going anywhere as a piece of hardware. In fact, again, according to what they have to say, that they are very, very much uh, committed to maybe a more diverse lineup of hardware offerings, which could be handhelds, could be, you know, again, we already technically have two Xboxes in the wild today with the Series S and the Series X. But, you know, I also have heard many, many times through this generation that at least offering two tiers of mainline console has caused a lot of rub with their own developers because they're having to develop games for two very, very different capability Mm -hmm. points. And that's... That's a strangle. I, that, that's that. That's yeah, been the, a challenge for some of these development houses. The big one, the big one, Larian with with Baldur's yeah. Gate three. Like yeah. that's a huge game right now, and it was delayed for so long on Xbox because they couldn't figure out trying to get it to play how to get it how to get to the split screen thing to work on um the uh, on the S, and then eventually yeah. they just released it without the without the split screen they were like okay forget it we can't do it just release (laughs) like so on the s you can't get the split screen so it's um yeah it it was it was too bad that they you know that they can't get it i mean i i understand i guess because when you're splitting screen you're basically having to do you're rendering as many pixels you know so like there's just no way the s can handle that with its um yeah with this processor that's and and, there, so. and I don't want to be misheard and we're already off the rails situation normal I love that the S exists I have one it, sure. it, it, it's a secondary device but I have one I think making the product accessible at several price points yeah. is very important going back to the, the the core to me to us you know Phil has said it many many times making it available to as wide array of people as possible which in many ways requires making it available at multiple price points right. very very important but on the flip side when a huge focus of your business strategy is buying up studios that make games to put on these consoles yeah. the developers would be the first ones to say that's a challenge and a struggle at times to have to develop frontline first party or third party games for multiple consoles of the same generation so this is not a situation where i necessarily have all the answers yeah i i think my 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 shooting from the hip to that is having to be willing to make more of a clear distinction between the two. I feel it's okay to have multiple offerings that are quote unquote part of the same generation, but on the flip side, the, the M the, the MacBook air and the MacBook pro are technically both current generation, modern Apple laptops. There is still, and you can buy more or not more or less. You can buy the same software for both, but if you're a professional editor, our our mythological video editor that we always refer back to in this show is out in the field. Editing his eight K dailies knows full well that he should be buying an M an M whatever max or ultra, not a fanless air. And I just feel like we need to, if their commitment is to offering an array of devices and an array of form factors and sizes and prices, part of that, we as the consumer need to be willing to accept that there's a difference. And they, as the company making it need to make a clear distinction between 
what those price points get you. I think it's a little bit hubristic and almost, I won't say bad faith. I get what they're going for, but it's almost bordering on misleading to say, here's two current generation consoles. They both play the same games by whichever one you want. Yeah, they can play the same games, but what's the cost of? Are the people buying the expensive one getting a worse game experience because those games had to be made so they could play on the lower one? And are the people buying the lesser expensive one getting a worse gameplay experience because games are being shoved down onto it and the experience of playing them is so hugely compromised? What's the point? Like they're, you just can't make everybody happy. And it almost seems like it, it's got to be okay to have multiple offerings, especially if we're talking about adding handhelds and other form factors and yep. usage cases yeah. to this. I don't think it's going to be realistic to say, here's the Xbox Go. Yeah. And you're going to be able to play <laughs> your entire library of Xbox titles compromise free on this oh. piece of mobile first hardware. I, I just, yeah. that's going to be a fall. They could say it. I feel the reality is not, it's going to be even worse than the experience we have going back and forth sometimes, sometimes between the S and the X today. Makes me wonder if, if, you know, here's, here's the wild prediction again, maybe, you know, Cody, you're onto something with the handheld and maybe Mm -hmm. that's their play. They're going Mm -hmm. to go one console, one handheld, and the handheld will be more like the S in spec. Right. And so there'll be some games and then that way they can differentiate with the handheld and they'll say, you know, hand, Xbox handheld compatible, right? You know, on there, the games to at, your point, there'd handheld. be no expectation of things like screen splitting right. on a handheld. Right. Exactly. So then it, you know, or they can, or they can make caveats like that, you know, Baldur's Gate will play on your Xbox handheld without split screen. Okay, so you know what I mean, like, and to build on your wild prediction, probably where you're already going. So let's just say, let's say the S is we know it goes away, right? And there's another. So we have two products today. What my theory presupposes is on the other end of this, we still have two products. Yeah, but the compromised, your point, the compromised console goes away. If you want to buy the full fat, full bore, actively cooled refrigerator under your TV console, capital C console you buy this one and it's the full experience. You buy the handheld stealing from the Switch's playbook. If you just occasionally want to play it on your TV with a controller, make it dockable. Yep. Like you pick up a Switch. I've never once picked up a Switch and expected it to be Mm -hmm. my Xbox. You know what I mean? Because there's something about, like we're almost pre-programmed to acknowledge that this thing is portable and the expectation that there will be compromises are almost built in because yeah. I can pick it up mm-hmm. and take it with me. Yeah. So, and nobody cares. You know, right. <laughs> nobody know? Cares. So, you know, to buy call of duty, which I mean, to, to, to feed into Microsoft's current playbook, the, the, the whole concept of play anywhere, my expectation would be, would be able to buy call of duty once be able to play it at full 4K, 8K, whatever their next generation druthers are on the big boy console, have that same purchase usable on the handheld. And if I happen to have both, I just feel like I would know picking up the handheld, it's not going to be the same resolution. It's not going to be the same refresh rate. You know what I mean? It can be the same game, but not necessarily the same version of the same game. So there's yep. that, 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 that. Which that is exactly what they're already doing. Then. 
Yes. You know, I think to so, a degree, yeah. if they do a handheld, I could see them selling it maybe in like parody, right? Like, because they do the the stream gaming, right? With Xbox Cloud, like where you can stream it from your Xbox yes. to yeah. like your phone. So That's I wonder probably, if they would like push that oh, yeah. a lot too. Like, oh, you can get the handheld cheaper with the new Xbox and then you can play, you could just stream your game, the full version of the game, right? Only kind of, PlayStation Portal. Only right. if they figure out how to do it better than the yeah. PlayStation Portal does. Yeah. Oh, and PS, by the way, I think I cracked that. I mean, if we're going all the way off the rails, I think I cracked it, and it's called Sony oh, is Cheap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Low-end Wi-Fi? The portal has a Wi-Fi 5 chip in it. Oh. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, that'll so do I've been making So I've been making all these crazy adjustments to my home Wi-Fi network, just trying to, you know, tweak everything to get every single bit and bite out of it, trying to resolve these ongoing performance issues. Up to, I was up to I was ready to like go six because I'm in that part. Of, I'm pretty sure I'm just I'm straight Wi-Fi six, not six E, which yep. already should be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if it means going six E, fine, I'll go replace some access points. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. No, no point when the device is running a Wi-Fi five chip. Wow, that's yeah, for real. I can't believe they did that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is a brand new device. I mean, six has yes. been out for years, quite some time. It's table stakes. I, I, I was shocked. I, I was absolutely shocked to see that I had a Wi-Fi 5 chip in it. So anyway, totally not Microsoft related aside. So let's let's talk a little bit more about what Microsoft did say. Because um, again, I don't want to camp here too, too long. Um, again, they said, there. well, there were a couple announcements that are already real, and we'll touch on those in a second. But the the, the 30,000 foot on the announcement is Xbox as a as a physical product is not allegedly going anywhere. They're, you know, they're quote unquote very excited about which you know, <laughs> we're all excited too about whatever yeah. this next generation is going to be. Um, they've set the stage that there will be an announcement. It was unclear to me. They talked about this holiday season. It was unclear to me if what they meant by that is they would be announcing some new hardware. I don't mean a new generation, but maybe a mid a mid to late cycle refresh um, yeah. for this holiday season, or if they were announcing something for the future this at this holiday, holiday season, season which yeah. is not unheard of but would still be a little bit shocking to me that they would just wantonly nerf their own holiday shopping season by saying yeah. psych if you buy an xbox this year because we're totally coming out with something for next year or what have yeah. you like, i i could see a bundle of that being like hey like it's no secret that the xbox is now mid to you know late cycle Here's a, you know, that rumored disc list with the controller update, like maybe that, you yeah. know, very much the Xbox one X treatment. We all remember, you know, late style, late series Xbox yeah. one was at one point the Xbox one S and later the Xbox one X, which gifted us the current naming convention. Thanks guys. Love that so much. Hate it. <laughs> um, but if they could, they could give the one X style treatment with a late generation minor well not minor i will i will say the one x was the was certainly the best iteration of the xbox one it actually made that generation yeah. truly playable in a lot of ways i have a lot of mixed feelings about the xbox one generation but i digress um we could see that treatment to the to the series x and maybe the s i'd be shocked if they did much with the s honestly like i would think yeah. many late, late cycle yeah. efforts would go towards the x but anyway um I can see them announce that and then saying, oh, by the way, this is still out there a bit, but we wanted to give you a taste of what's coming and like tease this again, potentially 8K, whatever yeah. behemoth or the handheld or both. Yeah. Um, like 
you know, you want to buy something this year, here's something new to whet your appetite, but this yeah. is what's coming either next year or the year following. I, I could see something like that to goose the sales for another, for at least one more cycle, but also maintain people's attention span looking ahead to the next generation. But really that's at, from a hardware perspective, they in words made it seemingly abundantly clear, not going anywhere from, from as far as the Xbox hardware business is concerned. Yeah. And then, and they did some announcement on some games too. They, yep. there are games plan, they're planning on releasing some games on the PlayStation. So, um, I think they're starting with four that are four. Like- yep. And, and it's, and it's a mixture. So four titles in total, two of which will be going to PlayStation and the switch. Right. And then the other two are going to be PlayStation exclusives, likely from a performance perspective, because not yeah, just PlayStation, 100%. they're PS5 exclusives, because the two that are going to switch, ironically, are also going to the PS4, Right. which tells me, you know, makes sense, the PS4 and the Switch, like... Yeah. I was going to say that this, <laughs> Nintendo did, like, a Direct yesterday, yes. or the other day, and uh, one of the things they announced was, was a Microsoft game on there, which obviously plays right into their strategy here. It yeah. was... Yeah. And to your point, John, it's definitely a downscaled version, like you said. Yes. It, 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 it's like... So which ones are going where? Because the only uh, one... Grounded went to Switch, okay. yes. for sure. Yeah, so going to PS4, PS5, and Switch in February and April, respectively, is going to be Pentiment and Grounded. Okay. Um, I have very little to say about these titles because I didn't know they existed until I read well, this ground, announcement. Grounded is, grounded is the one that's basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Yeah. It's Honey, I Shrunk yeah. the Kids and you're in the backyard. Yeah, yeah okay. it's like and it, It's a fun game. Like I style. played it a little bit. It, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, it d- didn't hit my radar so much. And then the ones going exclusively, you know, I, 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 the irony, like it's no longer exclusive, right. but it's exclusively going yeah. to the PS5 <laughs> is uh, again in March and April, respectively. Hi-Fi Rush and the, the let's call what is the big one, Sea of Thieves, is coming yeah. to PlayStation 5 in April, late April. I think it's April 30th, so basically May. Um, so a few rare games. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, exactly. And I just, I just think it's, it's such an interesting experiment and, and Phil in, in several of the interviews that he gave and in the announcement itself, um, it was made relatively clear that this is an experiment for them. I don't want to say relatively, he made it right. clear. This is an experiment. We're for trying them. this out. To they're, see. they're not throwing the library at these other develop uh, at these other platforms because they need to figure out what is the impact going to be on their first party audience, which tends to be mm-hmm. the Xbox faithful tend to be, um, we'll just call them vocal. Um, sure. so, there, <laughs> so there's that. They need to see what it's going to be like. Uh, they are, they're not just Xbox. They are the world. They are now the world dominant publisher of video games. Thanks to the Activision mm-hmm. Blizzard acquisition. And, and um, I can't believe I'm, um, Bethesda. Yep. Between those two mm-hmm. acquisitions alone, they are now the dominant publisher of video games in the world. Like it, love it, hate it. Oh, yeah. So they have to see what the impact is going to be as a business um, on their own development teams, on distribution, on all of these things, taking these former exclusives and now you know bringing them down to other platforms. I think it's interesting that there, there's a clear distinction between making things not exclusives and making them day and date releases. I yeah. still think we're several moves away. You know, Sea of Thieves is not a new game. In fact, no. it's not even <laughs> technically of this generation. If I remember correctly, Sea of Thieves launched originally on the Xbox One. It did. 
I think, I think, I think it was, so, I think it was yeah. a later generation for sure. But I remember playing it on my pre-SSD Xbox and thinking, I can't wait to not have 80 years of load screens in between yep. movements on those games. And it was bad. And then the Xbox yeah. Series X arrived and boom, the game was suddenly like, I remember almost exclusively playing it on PC because the load times on a spinny drive Xbox were so bad. They were really bad. Oh yeah, they were bad. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm excited that they have, Sea of Thieves is one of those games we talked about, um, Oh God, I'm going to blank on the name. No Man's Sky. Um, yeah. We talked about No oh Man's Sky and yep. how how much they've updated that game and how far it's come. Sea of Thieves is that same story. The, yeah, the game sure. was really fun at launch, but there was there was a lot that needed. You ran out of things to and, do pretty quickly. And yeah. man, they have they have continued to iterate that game and it is so much fun There's to so play. so much in it. And, yeah. and it's just a blast. And in having that on PlayStation as well, it just means more players in there. Yep more players on the seas is going to be great. I mean, yep. they did tie-ins with Pirates of the Caribbean and that Pirate, Pirates of the Caribbean playthrough. Mm-hmm. It's like you're separate from the rest of the group, but you're going through and like Jack Sparrow's there and they've got all the yep. voice actors and they pulled actual sound files from the original ride. And it's it's fantastic. They've done yep. such a good job with that. It's like Black Flag, uh, not Black Flag, um, Skull and Bones, the one that just released, yeah, just, just released. They are scrambling yeah, they to try to get their game to be anywhere near as good as Sea of Thieves. Well, because they've got years of they've got years worth of content to overcome. I mean, that yeah. that's the problem of going nose to nose with an established title like that. Yeah, um, it's like a live service game like that too. Yeah, right. That constantly, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that one come at least. So yeah. so, and I think those that style of game is going to be the ones that belong on these multiple platforms because you're yeah. right. They are yeah. they are special. They get there's a direct relationship between how special of an experience you have and how many people are in it. You yeah. know what I mean? A, I hate to say mm-hmm. it, a single player title fine. You know what I mean? It's Xbox, sure. it's PlayStation. Like it's great for the people that don't have both or, or that, that chose one versus the other and then can't play it. Cause again, I'm all for more people being able to play these titles. We've beat that concept to death, but the, mm-hmm. but the interactive titles are really the ones that benefit because yeah. it is a bigger, more fleshed out universe, the more people that are in it. So um, I, I think again, these are all wins for the industry. I just think Microsoft is dipping their toe in because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are making bets with tens of billions of dollars, you know, invested up to this point. Yep. And, you know, the, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But on the flip side, it's no secret because they've said as much. The, the, the underpinning to all of this, the 80,000 foot goal is to have Xbox be everywhere. Yeah. To have it, you know, and you guys both touched on this last week. It's not about the next generation console. It's not about, or should I say, it's not exclusively, pun intended, about the next console. It's not exclusively about cloud streaming. It's not exclusively about releasing formerly exclusive titles to third party. It's about the totality of all of that and what that means for Xbox to be everywhere gaming is. And that is a lofty goal. Yeah. Very, very long. And if they can oh, and yeah. if they can pull it off as the biggest publisher of games in the world, they stand to make yeah, a print a money. mammoth amount of money. Mm-hmm. But just gotta make some good games. Yeah. To, that's <laughs> the thing. You have to make good games. I don't a lot of really, really because t- I actually felt a little bit on the on the re-listen because I, I I don't think we were unfair, but I do want to make it abundantly clear. A lot of incredibly talented people put an enormous chunk of their lives into making a game as big as Starfield. 
to, 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 to return to that example. And, um, it still fell flat for me. It still fell flat for us. And I know, and I know it's fallen flat for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not, not to say the amount talented of people did a bad job. I've, and what my theory presupposes is a lot of talented people were asked to do an impossible job without the right tools. There, there was either, yeah, there was either improper incomplete direction. There was either in, you know, undeliverable timelines. Like there, we talked about the engine that they used. Maybe go back to ground zero. Maybe it wasn't time to reuse a decade old engine. Right. Or more. Mm-hmm. I forget how, but it's like, so Starfield is just the example of what they can't keep doing. Because if you're going to be this mammoth publisher, you're going to have to bring game changing experiences to the gaming world. And there's a cost of doing it everywhere all at once. The audience paying attention. Yeah. is now massively larger. You think the Xbox community is vocal. Now you've got the global gaming community paying attention mm-hmm. to these releases and these titles and when they fall flat. I think about the universal panning of the original Cyberpunk release. Oh yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> it almost and doesn't it, get it much worse than that. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, we've been on a, a train of of AAA games kind of coming out like that, and and then they fix them kind of after, right? Because Cyberpunk's completely playable now. Like, it is. And, and, yeah. and it's and I think it's a combination of the expectations of the market are unrealistic. My, I'm raising my mm-hmm. hand. Like, I we, we we collectively have these almost unachievable expectations of these titles. But on the flip side, the companies footing the bill for them are pushing down impossible expectations on the people being asked totally. to make them the timeline that they're being asked to hit the the resources mm-hmm. that they're being given the hours are being asked to like all the things lead up to how was that how was that ever going to land how was that ever going to turn yeah. out any other way than what it did and then the acceptability is just an, oh we'll fix it after launch just ship it that's the mentality mm-hmm. just ship it, it we'll fix it hands. afterwards mm-hmm. that's only going to go so far that, 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 that mentality only gets you so far. Yeah, it, I feel like after, again, to go back to, to this again, because it's like one of the most popular games in the world right now, Larian released Baldur's Gate 3 in early access for almost two years. Years, yep. Mm-hmm. And let people play it in early access and then updated it and did, you know, and, and they were very transparent. Listen, you guys are playing early access. We're going to do our best to make this yeah. the best release ever, but we need your help. And I, I'll bet you because that was so successful, because when they fully launched that game, it, it's been just oh, massive. Continues to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I heard a bad thing about it. Like, I'm not saying every not every game can like if you're if you're making some massive single player title that's very story driven. Right. Obviously, you don't want to pre leak yeah. your big reveal two years in advance. But there. I, I but those online games, those games that are different for everybody. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, that's the, you got, I mean, that's the play. You can't, yeah. you can't ship mm-hmm. these games that aren't ready to ship anymore unless you're letting people know that was cy- cyberpunk's problem. If they had come out and said, yes. we're putting right. out a game that's not ready, but we want to get it. Let in us your know hands. what we need to do better. Be ready. Yes. It's not going to be perfect, but we want to get it in your hands because we know you want to play it so badly. If they'd had that, it would have been a different story, but they didn't. They just shipped it and went, enjoy our amazing game that we worked so hard on. And people went in and they went, no, because yeah. it just wasn't very yeah. good. And then they I, went, I oh, even, crap, I'm so sorry. We'll fix it now. 
You're, you're right, because I even think about the modern... I remember back in the day when, when we went, <laughs> we, we, we have betas, right? And sure. we'd get hands-on yeah. with betas. And like any more, betas, betas in the modern sense are used for two things. Genuinely, they use for server stress testing because that's a yep. thing now. There wasn't a thing back in the day when you would go to Babbage's and buy the game. And, you know, the, the, obviously, like there was no <laughs> servers involved there. Yeah, had I, to back I had to. Electronics um, boutique. Yeah. So they're, they're worried about servers. And it's a marketing ploy. They're not, get, I, I refuse to believe that there's that, there, I don't feel there's that many, and I don't make games for a living. Email me. I could be very wrong. But when I see these, you know, free free email you. Week, shut up. I knew you were going to do I just don't believe that the final product we get after some of these games to do these like free play weekends, beta weekends, yeah. open beta weekends, all this stuff. It's to it's oh, to generate them. marketing buzz. Mm-hmm. I don't believe mm-hmm. the feed the, the little five question survey they hit you with at the end yeah. is going to their sales team. It's not going to their development directors. Right. It just no you know way. what I mean. It's not in a meaningful way. It, to your point, to do that two or three times in the months leading, that game is effectively ready to ship already. That's not mm-hmm. what Larian did. That we're going to take two years of data collection and feedback and tweaks and adjustments. That's how you launch a game that is as large as that one is and continues to expand in a meaningful way. Yeah, it's it, it's it's shocking the 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 difference between the reception of those because I mean basically at the time that Baldur's Gate 3 was released in early access, it had a lot of problems. It had a lot of bugs, but it was not a big deal because right. people knew. And and, I, and knew. it's it's the narrative, you know, yes. is, the, is the thing. So, so anyway, trying to bring it back to Microsoft, wrapping this up so we can move forward. We have a couple more still to touch on today. Um, some announcements still to come. They, they really, they announced a lot without announcing very much. And that, and that was very, that was obvious and intentional. They like, even in the announcement, they said four games were coming. They didn't even say what four games for several days, although right. we were all pretty darn sure what they were going to be. And we were right. Um, hardware is coming according, you know, both, you know, something yeah. either potentially later this year and more to follow after that. And they did, the and vision they did specify is, they, one of them at least will have a disc. You know, yes. like they're not getting, they're not going full digital yet. They were very clear about that because that was the thing people yep. were scared of was that they were going to go all digital. So, yeah. But the, the vision, true, the vision at the end of the day is for Xbox to be, for Xbox to be a, Xbox is a service. I mean, really, that's, that's, yeah. that's the thing, right? It's you pick up a screen and you have the ability to get it. And there's, there's layers to this that we're, I'm sure we'll talk about later. We're not going to dig all the way into today. Um, Phil and Microsoft's views on, you know, Apple's malicious compliance with a lot of the EU stuff and what that's, yep. you know, they call it as they want to launch an Xbox store on the iPhone. That's what they want. Yep. They don't want to put games in the app in, in, in the app store. They want to launch the Xbox store on an iOS device. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of contention between whether that's feasible or doable, or if Apple is just going to make it possible, but impossible. You know what I mean? There's all, there's, there's a lot of, developing things that unfortunately are going to be driven mostly by regulation. We're going to see how they turn out. Lawyers are going to be the deciding factor. They're not gamers. That <laughs> just yeah, is what it right. is. But so the, the biggest full circle is Xbox, as we know, it doesn't appear to be going anywhere, at least not yet. Um, more games are going to be arriving 
to the access of more people. That's a win. And we'll see what comes next. I, I, I continue to be excited. I love the space. And th- this is why, because it, it's always changing. And um, we didn't have to say goodbye to the Xbox, which, you know. You were very sad if that I, was the case. Listen, I, I never... I, I certainly never hoped for it. I didn't think it was honestly going to be what would happen, but yeah, just, right. there was enough. You didn't have to try very hard to build the case for it based on what was out yeah. there. And, you know, conspiracy, you know, personal conspiracy theory starts to set in. I'm just, I'm just glad it didn't go that way. Yeah, so, me too. Um, so pivoting over, um, Eric, I'm going to toss it back to you again real quick, because this is one that you talked about um, on one of our camera episodes not too long ago about um, some stuff going on over at Fuji that, you know, going yeah. on our theme of coming full circle, some predictions you made about what was likely coming. Well, they were right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with, with that, what, what's Fuji got going right on? About something? Yeah, right. I was, I was right about, about something. The industry as a whole, and I glommed on well, you know, whatever. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so Fuji, Fujifilm makes interesting cameras so they don't make a full frame camera they make APS-C cameras is their primary camera system in the x series and then they have um i think it's a gc whatever it is they've got they've got a medium format what they call medium format it's a larger than 35 mega 35 millimeter uh sensor so they call it medium format there's a a 50 megapixel one and a 100 megapixel one so Mm -hmm. they go from a tiny sensors to giant sensors they don't have anything in between so um but one of their cameras specifically the x100 came out years ago was very was popular um and it's it's a kind of a it's it's a point and shoot kind of camera because it has you know it's got your lcd screen on the back has an apc size sensor but it has a fixed lens it's not interchangeable lens you get a right you get a 23 millimeter lens or 24 millimeter lens on the front of it and that's all you get 23 yeah and um and it's i think they're they've mostly been f2 i think all the way through so they're they're good lenses but they're they're wide angle and it's basically for you take this camera it's pocketable you throw it in your pocket and it go it's the go everywhere with you camera Hmm. you kind of carry it around with you and it's always there so you can make good for wherever you go yeah and it's been it was popular. It had several iterations. It had the one the one hundred X one hundred. Then there was the S, and there was the um, the T and the F, as in Frank. And then they had the X one hundred V, which apparently was the fifth one. And we were supposed to be calling it the X one hundred five. Five. That's funny. I genuinely did not know that Me until either. you just um, So because <laughs> this one came out, because they finally announced. So what happened? Okay, to to. Set it up properly. Here we go. <laughs> the X100V came out and was just another in the X100 line. Neat. Relatively popular. People go, cool camera, bro. You know, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, TikTok blew up. And someone ah. posted a TikTok and said, this is the most amazing camera ever. I love this. Let me show you how to use it on my super popular TikTok. And then all of a sudden, everybody on TikTok had to have the X100 camera. And it was this huge sensation that blew up so much so that Fujifilm had to do a press release that basically said, we can't get this camera in your hands anymore. Like there is going to be a delay. And then it straight up went to, I'm sorry, the camera's gone. Like we, they oh, couldn't do it anymore. Wow. And they couldn't, they, they were just, they were done likely because of what was coming next. They, knew the was, yeah, they were already too deep. They into, were already too deep into development. It. They weren't going to sit there and build the old version because now the X 100 
VI, which we're supposed to call the X-106, um, Roman numerals are a thing. Oh, so, geez. Okay. Yep. It's all clicking for me now. Yep. I'm, I'm slow, but I'm there. Yeah. So exactly. So it's the X-106 is out now. It is new sensor, 40 megapixel sensor. The other one was 20 some odd, 24, 23, whatever it was. Yeah. It was, you know, somewhere around there, megapixels. And um, the new one's 40. Uh, the new one has, for the first time in the X100 series, in-body image stabilization with six right. stops, which is awesome for that. Yeah. That's, so that's, it's, yeah. you know, and they've got the the screen I don't love. The screen doesn't, like, I like the screens that you can flip completely oh, yeah, over yeah. to hide. Or you can fold it out so you can have the camera pointed at you and see it. Or you can, you know, put it at any angle off to the side. You know, this one comes out and tips up and down from the back. Okay. It kind of articulates up and down, but doesn't swing out to either side. It just articulates up and down. And with this one, it has a new hinge that allows it to go completely so hold it down, yeah. flat. So you can be like looking down at it, which is right. kind of cool. So it's got a kind of a new hinge in that respect, but it's still, you know, not my favorite kind of LCD screen, you know, articulation, but it's still really good. The camera's awesome. And, I, and the question now is, is it going to be popular? You know, right. is, is that, are they going to repeat the, gen yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the sensation as it right. were, is that TikTok generation going to go, I want the, that's what they're hoping for. That's what they're betting on, right? They're betting that all of these people on TikTok that bought this camera got the camera bug and now have, um, have GAS gear acquisition <laughs> syndrome. Like they're going to, need, that's pretty good. They're, they're, yeah. they're going to need the next one, you know, and then the next one, and they're hoping so that, that they're going to just drive gas. sales with this, but it, it's like, is that this generation or is this sort of a new Gen Z kind of, they like what's old and cool mm -hmm. not what's new and cool you know what i mean like we got to see Fair. where this is gonna land is and it and they circle the square on when it blew up the next big thing when yeah. the x100 five yeah. blew up on tiktok <laughs> they they weren't it, it had been out for a couple of years already it had it was yeah. not a new was not release a new by a long shot no. exactly and and it you know so and then all of a sudden it blew up and it blew up so much so that the previous versions also became more popular right. because people couldn't get the five so they went back to get the s the t the f whatever right. they could get their hands on um so that they could use that form factor because you know the big thing yeah. with fujifilm is they have all of their film simulations built into their cameras so you can get um old classic black and white fujifilm their color velvia all that all their like really specific color science films they've built in that color science to JPEG conversions in their camera. So you can choose it in right. camera, take a shot and it, you get a photo, a JPEG photo on your camera that looks like you shot it on Fuji film 25 years ago. Yeah. And that was right. kind of the big thing with TikTok was it, it gave you this nostalgic look instantly from your camera, no editing, no messing around. You were getting cool pictures that you could post right yeah. away on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you were what into. You. And, and, you know, and, and, and it's neat. And it's just like w this new camera is exponentially higher tech than the old one. It has the new right. processor, which means it has new autofocus algorithms. It has a larger sensor. Now, again, we're kind of getting on the line, a 40 megapixel APC size sensor. That thing's going to be noisy. In, mm. in when it gets dark, it's going to be real noisy, and there's not going to be a whole lot you can do about that. Um, but they've got good, you know, um, processing in there. They should hopefully be able to do some cleanup because the big thing about this camera is not shooting raw; it's shooting film simulations. And right. what's part of these film simulations? Right. Grain. <laughs> yeah, film. It's grain. part of it. Huh. it. Makes it. It makes it look like film. 
So, you know, having some noise in there, not a big deal when you're shooting and making it look like it was shot on film anyway. So it's, it's a very, again, a very niche camera or it was, and then it blew up and became real, really popular because popular. of social media. So we'll see if it continues. If all of a sudden you can't get the X 106 because, you know, everyone's upgrading the very least you'll be able to get the five you always yeah exactly on when they all eBay when everyone starts start upgrading that's yeah, yeah fair enough. exactly oh so gosh, that's funny. you know i mean yeah. but it's a cool camera if you're looking for that kind of simple point and shoot right. type camera that is crazy high quality that's it um it is 200 dollars more expensive than the other generation so the other right. one is 1399 it's kind of wild that that like tiktok so, effect that you can kind of capture totally by accident most of the time i feel like you know it just has such a pull like it gets yeah, like a little popular you know right and then like two thousand people buy your camera right it's like the right the right person with 20 million followers shows something on their TikTok, and it, it that's it everybody wants yeah. it 20 million people suddenly Often want races. it when was the last time fujifilm sold 20 million of a single camera yeah never <laughs> I was gonna say so, there it's, it's never happened right so yeah i mean it, it's it's one of those things it's it's very yeah. cool and i'm I'm hoping that it, um, you know, that it stays popular simply because I like Fujifilm as a company. I think they make great cameras. I think they make the, the film simulations are awesome. I want them to put out a full frame camera. I, I want to see a 35 millimeter full frame camera from them, interchangeable lens right. camera, because, because frankly, I want to see what that looks like from Fujifilm. I think that would be really cool to see yeah. from Fujifilm. So, yep. um, we'll see. And I want them to keep making money so that they can make cool stuff like that, you know, or maybe bring the price down on their medium formats. Cause I really want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, cause I used to have one. I had the, I had their E series. I had the X E three was one of my first big digital camera purchases before I moved on to Canon. And then to Nikon, I had that X E three for years and I took a lot of my favorite photographs. There's one behind me on the wall that I took with the X E three yep. that I love. And, um, yeah, so Fujifilm makes great cameras and they're one of my favorite, um, camera companies. So I hope they keep going. Oh, that's excellent. Um, last but not least, I mean, there's again, 70 some episodes we could come full circle to, but one that was a relatively recent uh, mention. Um, Cody actually mentioned it right before we hit record today. So the the the, the developing saga that mm -hmm. is Pal World, I feel like it's one that we could touch on real quick yes. because um, <laughs> I mean, obviously when we last talked about it, it was mid explosion, like just, it arrived on yeah. the scene seemingly overnight and off to the races it has continued to go. Um, but that story's developing on the legal side of things, on the user side of things. Like, you know, was it a flash in the pan? Does it have staying power? Like, what's the latest you guys have heard on that one? Because I don't know if it's going anywhere just yet. I mean, away in that perspective. Right. So they definitely hit that like all time Steam peak, right? Of like 2.1 right. million players um going on and like i've seen people starting to say oh it's it's dying like pe less people are playing it and playing it um i mean less people are playing it but it's still like just in the today there's already over three hundred thousand wow, right. people doing playing it yeah just from the just from the steam chart yeah and that's like more than a lot of mmos yeah. that's, even get like, say, that's still <laughs> you know of people playing yeah, it's still a lot. So there are still a lot of people playing it. Um, they, they've been doing updates, you know, fixing things because it's technically in an alpha kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, on Steam. So kind of yeah. like Baldur's yeah. Gate did. So, you know, that expectation of things being glitchy is like, yeah, it's an alpha. Like, I'll just wait Not till they surprised. fix it. So, like, no, 
No, and and no lawsuit or anything for Nintendo. I think if they would have done it, you know, yeah, at they this took point, a look they, at it they and would have. You know, and it, uh, there's been other people who have made parody things, and and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, heck, if if Digimon didn't get sued, then why? Right, you know what I mean? It's like it's kind <laughs> of you know. One for me too. It's as much about like what we talked about on the show a little bit. Demonstrate the damages. Yep. Good luck. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, I, I could make the case, and maybe they're thinking too. It's going to make their brand better. Wait. It's a, what 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 existential threat is it to their brand? Because guess what? If anything, Power World is proving mm-hmm. a concept for them. If Nintendo decided to make a first party version of what Power World did. Guess what people would buy? It's not like people right. are like, oh, I'm already playing Power World. I'm not going to buy that. No. Like, real people Pokemon would buy version them. comes out. They're yes. Be all like, over it. People yep. would buy the real one the next day. I mean, gamers have one of the most notoriously short attention spans in the world because we're gamers. Like, it's just it, that existential threat I don't think exists. In fact, I'm yeah. almost positive it doesn't exist. And if anything else, like I said, it's proving a concept that may, I'm not saying that Nintendo would or should make a clone of the clone as it were but i hope they're definitely sitting back and learning some of what future iterations of their game could or should look like or at least include certain elements of there's obviously something here that yeah. people want yes yeah i think i, I might have mentioned this before it's the this capture like monsters and like use them to battle like people like yeah. like that right like pokemon yeah. sells like hotcakes um like i think yeah i think if they were able to just grab some mm-hmm. mechanics that they did in power world for how like you interact with this like i think it could blow you know yeah, it might be really thing. good <laughs> like they can, the thing, they can do it i think because power world did what it did and all uh, very obviously mm-hmm. took from pokemon pokemon yep. is going to take from power world and they're going to look at him and go come at our wall of lawyers right see if you try to sue us back we're going to take your concept mm-hmm. put our name on it <laughs> yeah. and sell 20 times as much yeah. and you can't yep. do anything about it and no one's going to play your game anymore that's how they're going to beat them is they're going to put out the first party version mm-hmm. and no yep. one's going to play pal world anymore because they're all going to go to the first party version and they're going to go thanks guys hey in a way i'm not upset like i already liked exactly. pokemon they can like make yeah. it really yeah. awesome it's like okay yeah that's, that's what i want and that's a great thing there's nothing wrong with that yeah. like we talked about competition makes things better and everything will get better so yeah no and there is a uh it's pokemon day i think on the 27th oh is it really um yes yeah, so it's interesting i i would just love to see what's coming for that space like what does it mean for nintendo what does it mean for pokemon what does it mean like the existence of this thing doesn't necessarily have to preclude nintendo doing anything i'm hoping it's a small it's, it's funny eric it's actually a little bit full circle back to what you were saying earlier about um about your free right yeah like, it's a small team of people making yes. that product yep as I understand it, it's a pretty right, Cody. It's a pretty small team of people making Power World. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, like it's, it's not coming some from two hundred person studio. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's like ten people or something like that. Right, or like, right. Exactly. Like, yeah. There's a little bit of David versus Goliath going on mm-hmm. here, which that's always a story that people tend to glom onto and in, in all the good ways. And you kind of want to root for the for the underdog guy. And I, I, I love it when little scrappy groups like that put big behemoths like Nintendo or the Pokemon Company on on alert to say, Hey, pay attention to us over here. Be better. Yeah. yeah. Let's show you what people actually want. See, actually want. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. So, yeah. And they proved, I mean, millions of people were like, yeah, actually, yeah, this is what yeah, we want to play. Win. Yep. <laughs> it's competition. Keep them honest. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be Sony v Nintendo mm-hmm. or, you know, Samsung v Apple. It, sometimes it can be 10 dudes in a studio versus Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And, and they're and also it, a Japanese developer too. So they're, right. they're from Japan as well. Right. They don't have to be mutually exclusive either. Again, like one doesn't have to die for the other to live. It's not that, you know, we're yeah. not in the Potterverse here. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I just, I love these stories when obviously these guys are, I'm hoping, mint printing money. Uh, I, I, and yeah. from what I've heard, they've their yeah. server costs are set for the foreseeable future based on their current subscriber or, or <laughs> purchasing numbers. Like that's great. So if we have a group of guys or people making an awesome product that people are loving and the market is now better for its existence. This player that's been, that defined the space for decades now, now knows, huh, people kind of like what they're doing. Maybe we should do something. doesn't have to be exactly like that, but take the elements that make it great and make your product better down the road. Yeah. Everybody wins. It makes me wonder if like, the executives from Nintendo and the Pokemon company like showed up at Power World's door over there in Japan and they're like, <laughs> we're going to write you a really big check and we're going to buy you and then we want you to reskin everything Pokemon and let's put this out again. <laughs> you <laughs> you know? Actually Pokemon, yeah. Right, yeah, and just like yeah. and just bring that, those people, you know? And I love the thought of those guys getting said really big check, but you know, yeah. if any of you are listening and you're not, um, stay the course, man. Just, right, just yeah. don't, yeah. don't, 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 don't do it. Not everyone has to get bought. Like I think that right. if I have any crusade left in me, it's not everyone, not everything has to get bought. I mean, yeah. if, however big that check is, you can make more. And yeah. even if you don't, you can be happier not working for Nintendo. <laughs> like it's, right. and I'm, that's not a shot yeah. at Nintendo. It's just, any big I, I love the idea yet. of 10 people, you know, knocking it out in a little studio versus getting subsumed by another corporate overlord. Like just... Yep. Go do the thing. Like that that yep. that's my takeaway for all these people. They they've 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 done a thing that are impacting millions and millions and millions of games. That's cool. That's amazing and I wish the market would be better if more people did that. Agreed. Definitely. So. All right. Well, on that bombshell, I guess we have bounced all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you noticed that most of our topics are are I'm sorry, most of our topic formats are really just like engines designed to be fueled by our own ADD. Yep. Like just like, <laughs> yeah. let's have the most loosely defined box humanly possible to at least keep us on something resembling a topic, even though it's just <laughs> ramble fuel. Yeah, that's it. What are you going to do? But uh, any you guys have uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, um, I, I want to make sure that we brand the episode properly. You know, we needed a new name for this format. So I, I put my vote forward that it is the uh, Gwen Stefani Hollaback Girl episode. <laughs> Hollaback to all the old yep, topics. <laughs> to say that we cannot afford those rights that's and true. might not even be able to afford the lawsuit that that's going to bring <laughs> upon us. Maybe, maybe the guys at Power World know somebody. I don't right, know. Like they, they made it through. I don't know. But uh, all right. Well, on that 2000s bombshell i guess we will (laughs) we will wrap it up there for this week and uh catch you next time later later